What's up, guys? Uh, thanks for watching Engine 25 Reviews. My my name is Brandon, and uh, I've been assigned call sign Maestro by uh, by the higher ups around here. Uh, this is my buddy Nick up on the up on the top left, call sign Kestrel, and this is my buddy Doug. We're uh, we're all uh, gaming. Guess I'm sorry. Doug's call sign is Crawler. Um, <laughs> of course, assigned by whatsmycallsign.com. It's a promo website for, for Top Gun Maverick uh, that I heard about on another podcast that we absolutely had to do it. Um, yeah, so this is uh, Engine 25 Reviews. A as often as I can manage, we, we come on YouTube and we sit down with some buddies or some industry uh, colleagues that I know and talk about movies. And this week we're talking about Top Gun Maverick. Uh, of course, the, uh, the sequel to the 1986 movie Top Gun, uh, also starring, both starring Tom Cruise. Um, this movie uh, is directed by Joseph Kaczynski, um, probably best known previous to this for directing Tron Legacy, uh, which is an interesting poll. Also Oblivion, which I feel like is another Tom Cruise movie, is it not? Yeah. It is. It's the, mm -hmm. the weird sci-fi one that's the... That's that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> uh, budget for Top Gun Maverick is a uh, 170 million dollars, which is uh, significantly higher than the budget for the original movie, which is somewhere in the ballpark of 15 to 20 million. Um, uh, also, I read uh, yesterday. Um, well, we'll definitely talk about the aerial photography in this because it's. 99% of it's real and it's absolutely stunning, but it also costs the production uh, like $11,000 a minute or something, or like $11,000 mm -hmm. an hour. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's a thing. And Top Gu uh, or Tom Cruise is absolutely really sitting in a jet that's really going 500 miles an hour, except they told him if you touch the controls, your movie's done. <laughs> so, if, you, if you put your hands on the stick, the, the whole show's over. Um, so that's uh, the funny thing about how the military works. Um, anyway, I've been talking for a bit, so I'm, uh, um, how are you doing, Nick? I'm doing pretty good. I'm here to talk about Top Gun. It can't get worse than that. I am, dude, I am so excited to talk about Top Gun right now. Uh, well, what about you, Doug? What's going on? I'm definitely excited to talk about Maverick. Uh, it was, I, I was stationed on board USS Abraham Lincoln for four years, so I haven't seen it for 25 years, so it was definitely good seeing the old, old boat again. Is that the she was used in this movie? Yes, the Abraham Lincoln. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, do you do you remember the opening montage, the little bobblehead at the end of the opening montage? It's a Abraham Lincoln. Yep, it was Abraham Lincoln. Yes, I noticed that. I, I noticed that in the movie. I was like, yep. okay, yeah, yeah, that's funny. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, some quick uh, background. I want I want to talk about the original Top Gun for uh, just a couple of minutes. Um. It, well, this was a, a mainstay in my house um, because my older brother, well, actually, maybe because of Top Gun, um, he, he ended up in the Navy. He, uh, he tried to get in the Naval Academy. That didn't work out. So he went to the Citadel with uh, track for commission, which means the, the Navy subsidizes your education. And then when you get out of when you get out of college, you're already an officer. Um, mm -hmm. with the goal of becoming a naval aviator. And uh, eventually, he he flew uh, F-18 Super Hornets for a, a brief period of time. He nice. um, he uh, he was a little too, a little bit too tall, but really he was a little, little kind of stocky. 
uh, you know, so it's, um, that was already working against him. The, you know, it wasn't uh, a dishonorable, you know, nothing bad happened, but he washed out and he went into Naval Supply. But no, yeah, my, uh, my brother was a, a winged, uh, Naval Rio. It's the, um, Rio's the guy in the back seat. He's Goose. Mm -hmm. Uh, speaking of which, I can't believe I forgot to mention this, but I got a t-shirt for this. Talk to me, Goose. Um, yeah, so... Uh, as you can imagine, Top Gun was definitely a, a mainstay when I was younger uh, around, around our house. And then I ended up watching it a lot, even without my older brother, um, because, uh, our, well, uh, among among other reasons, you know, the, the aerial photography in Top Gun was absolutely groundbreaking for the time and really remained unrivaled probably until this week. Um, and it was even definitely limited by the technology of the time. Um, you know, you kind of do have to sort of fill in with your imagination exactly what's happening, even though like they do the absolutely the best they can. Um, but it's still, you know, it's still, it's still pretty dope. You know, the, the top, top gun, it's, it's a small, it's a schmaltzy bro fest, but the aerial photography is still, still holds up. Um, mm -hmm. well, how did, uh, what's your, uh, your history with, um, with top gun, Doug? By the uh, way, my older brother's name that I've mentioned several times now, his name is also Doug. I don't know if you knew that. Awesome. Um, no, yeah, I watched, I think, I believe I watched it in the theater. And, you know, I mean, it's it's classic 80s movies. It, you know, 80s had the best movies ever. And Top Gun was just one of them. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the soundtrack is amazing. The soundtrack is amazing. The soundtrack is even among 80s movies, it's probably the best soundtrack. The soundtrack album for Top Gun is probably yeah. my favorite soundtrack ever. Straight yeah, up, the best soundtrack ever. Because there really isn't a bad song on that soundtrack at all. True facts. No, no, no. Uh, uh, what's your What's your favorite song from the original Top Gun? I, I like Danger Zone uh, myself. And actually, I was talking about it, uh, with talking about Maverick with a guy at work today. And Danger Zone came on, so which is, <laughs> we thought was funny. Perfect. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what about you, Nick? How do you, uh, what, what's your history with Top Gun? How you like that first movie? And what's your favorite song from the soundtrack? Uh, yeah, so um, I, I was a child of the 80s. Uh, my, my parents introduced me to Top Gun super early. I've always been a huge fan of, of uh, fighter jets and just aviation in general. I really wanted to be a, a fighter pilot when I uh so that you are definitely me. too tall i'm way too tall that funny, um, funny thing like there with uh, anthony edwards and stuff like you have to be really good for them to let a dude who's like six four sit in the cockpit mm -hmm. like you gotta be, and yeah. not saying it doesn't happen you know it doesn't be, being not not exactly the right size doesn't knock you out immediately but you got to be really good i'm also terrible at math <laughs> <laughs> it was just a no-go just a no-go i have i have um Growing up, one of my dad's uh, friends was a mechanic for the Thunderbirds. And so I got to just travel regionally, just go to all these air shows. I've just been immersed in sort of like fighter pilot culture as, far, as much as any civilian can be um, since I was a kid. And it's been awesome. Uh, I just, I, I, Ace Combat 5 is one of my favorite video games of all time. I love it so much. Um, my favorite song on the Top Gun soundtrack is Mighty Wings. Yes, that is also it's my so pick. Oh, good. It's so good, it's dude. It's so good. Cheap I think trick. It is, I think it is, uh, it is underrated, and I think it, it can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Danger Zone any day. 
I I agree wholeheartedly. This the definitely my favorite song on the soundtrack. Uh, and there, but there's really like like Doug was saying, there's really not a bad one. Um, and then you, uh, I was that kid like down at the end of the lunch table in elementary school. It was always humming the theme to some movie, and it was either Jurassic Park or Indiana Jones or Top Gun. It was always mm -hmm. one of those. <laughs> Um, all, all through the nineties, like to the point where I would be like annoying people. Cause it was always just, just you're dancing around in my head. Um, so what we're, we'll move on to, to, to Top Gun Maverick real fast, but like, if you can sit, sit down and look back at Top Gun objectively, you know, cause I know we, it's obvious that we all love it, but like, you know, it's not known for being a great movie. It's known for being a like it's known for being a great '80s movie. It's known certainly for for the aerial photography, um, mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, it's kind of, it's a, it's like I said it before. It's like a schmaltzy bro fest is how I uh, uh, describe it, and it's like it's a bunch of cocky dudes who learn that being cocky dudes will help them overcome. Um, <laughs> so it's you know the the questionable. Uh, messaging there like it's a it was a really expensive and apparently very effective military recruitment commercial is that that's what the old top gun is um but it definitely has highlights uh that's absolutely true um uh and you know it's just you know it's a classic and that's that's really that's really all i have to say about it is it's it's a classic and it'll always have a, a special place for me um, but, uh, what, what, what do you think, Doug? Like you were, especially for someone who was around when it came out, you know, I'm, I, right. I, I was born in 89. So it was a couple of years after. Well, I mean, there had been dogfight movies before that, but they were all like world war two planes, right? Right. You know, and prop, they're all prop planes, right? You never really had, you know, jet fighter dogfighting before that movie. So it was groundbreaking in that aspect. I Absolutely. Think. Totally. You know, and I'm not trying and, to sound like that. I don't think that that's true because it absolutely is. Um, I mean, you had the you had the romance as well, but it was it was very much, you know, a a macho fest. You yeah. Know, and and uh, to teacher dates students, which is, quite, yeah. quite, you know, they're, they're both obviously adults. But, you know, the, the dynamic there is a little a, a little shaky. Well, especially, you know, being prior military, you know, the regulations against that. So, yeah, <laughs> it's not really uh, not really something that they uh, that they look too highly upon. Okay. What, what about you, Nick? Be, be honest. Uh, you know, say say the things you like, the things you don't like about the original Top Gun. The original is incredibly cheesy. Yes. Uh, it, it, obviously, the, the machismo is is part of it. And that part is not what I would consider like the cheesiest parts because like I, I don't know man anytime you get a room of 12 dudes together they're going to be competitive doing whatever they're doing they're going to be competitive you're going to get sort of that 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 attitude that vibe that I, i'd like to point out going. that the three of us met because we used to play a tabletop <laughs> a, a tabletop board game that's based around dog fighting uh more, you know right. specifically dog fighting in star wars but right yeah so the, yeah, the competitive so, nature is absolutely a real thing Exactly. You you've both seen it. Even when a bunch of old hairy nerds get around a, a, a six foot wide table, um, it, it just it's a part of it. It's a part of what competition is, and I think that's kind of one of the the 
better parts of it because it is it is cheesy like the the some of the interactions between characters in the original movie you can if you look at them objectively it's like well that was an insane choice why did he click his teeth at maverick but um i don't know it's it's so quintessentially 80s and we just the way that we make movies has changed uh since then and i think that's part of it it's it's a little bit dated as far as like how movie making goes totally agree that's not you know i don't always think that a movie being dated is a big knock against it because you know i like i like to think that films as you know as certainly as artistic entities can are, are often reflective of their time um you know so that's it's an 80s movie that feels like it's an 80s movie and you know and it's if i'm talking about 80s movies it's often one of the ones that I point people at, you know, like they're mm-hmm. certainly like E.T. or Indiana Jones would be up there, but Top Gun mm-hmm. is certainly on the list. Um, and it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a bro movie for bros. That's, uh, <laughs> and, I um, mean, to add on to Nick's point as well, yeah, is that when you get 12 guys that are all competitive, that if you think about each of them individually, they're all the best in their little pool, right? They're all, the, this is the, the best pilot they came to sit this. down at top they, gun because they you right. know wherever they are they were already the best or wherever they're from right so they already have that um you know that macho that i'm the best they already have that swagger they already have that all coming in together and yeah and now they're all competing against each other to see who's the best of the best right so moving on to top gun maverick um this movie uh, has had kind of a storied history making it to the screen. You know, they first, uh, actually, they talked about making a sequel to Top Gun in the 80s, and then they kind of dismissed it very quickly. But, you know, it, it really started to become a thing in the late 2000s, and then there was a big push right around 2010, and that didn't work out. But that would kind of, this is eventually the movie that that would become. Um and also, this was supposed to come out in 2020, um, and then it was originally delayed, not because of the pandemic, it was delayed pre-pandemic because, like, during the filming, they decided that they wanted to really go, they wanted to push uh, aerial stunts and stuff further than they had planned, and that was going to take gonna take more mm-hmm. time to film, basically. So it got delayed into 2021, pre-pandemic, and then it's been delayed twice because COVID is a thing. Um, so it's, you know, it's... Uh, even this this version of it has been out for a while, and it was during that first delay that, or has been in the works for a while, and it was during that first delay that Christopher McQuarrie got involved, um, who has been, uh, he's the writer-director on all the recent uh, Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, so he came in as a producer and did another pass on the script uh, during that kind of delay, that initial delay period when they were um, kind of rethinking the filming aspect of it. Um, but I am absolutely glad that they did. Like, but this movie is an experience. And like, I we went we went to IMAX. Uh, is the mm, the biggest oh, wow. and loudest screen uh, <laughs> we could find. And I'm certainly glad that we did. They hundred percent surpassed anything as far as technical achievement in the first Top Gun because there are, yeah, uh, you know, there are let a handful. You know, probably count them on your two hands of uh, shots in this movie that involve jets that are CGI. 
The rest is was 100% shot with mm-hmm. real aircraft. Um, actors sitting in the, you know, sitting in the front seat uh, with an IMAX camera system that was designed for this movie, by the way, and was probably not cheap. Um, <laughs> and they had to do a lot of uh, like self-directing you know, just and hoping that they could, they were delivering on the take. You know, I'm sure they did multiple takes, or whatever. It's still they're still making a movie, but the camera basically runs from takeoff until landing, um, and they do a, uh, they have a specific number of scenes that they're supposed to take off. They're supposed to execute on each hop, uh, and that's what they mm-hmm. get. And then there's a lot of, uh, obviously, air to air. A number of shots where the camera is affixed to one of the one of the hero jets, uh, and another and a lot of shots where it would be on a helicopter as jets flew by. Um, generally, likely a lot farther away than they make it look. Um, but also, a an important thing that I think uh, when you're th- talking about when you're watching uh, actual aircraft perform perform actual aerial maneuvers, like everything is bigger. Then it looks everything like you ever see. You ever been to it? I'm sure both of you have. You've been to a jet up, been next to a jet up close. Everything's mm-hmm. bigger than you think, even mm-hmm. when you're watching it on the big screen. You know, like that. Yeah. Um, the uh, an F-18 Super Hornet is 63 feet long. Mm-hmm. You know, that is that is one and a half semi trucks. You know, and like it's easy to say that, but you you know, you don't you don't really get a good picture of the things it's actually doing until you can stand next to the thing. And then you say, okay, this is, this is going 600 miles an hour and is doing flips and is, you know, it's, it's, and that's maybe, maybe I'm just a nerd, but that, that seems very cool to me. Um, and it just makes it all, all the more impressive that they were able to capture the things that they were. Um, and you know, there are, there are rules too, you know, like in the movie, over the course of the movie, they, they talk about, you know, like the, that aircraft is designed to work a certain way and different gener- uh, different versions of fighter jets are designed to perform specific maneuvers. Some can do certain things, some others cannot. Um, and there are there are rules for safety. There are rules for, um, for engagement. Uh, there are also, you know, the military puts a lot of rules on what they're actually allowed to show the planes doing, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting thing. You know, like a, the uh, Super Hornets, Tomcats, they can all do, st- you know, they're able to perform maneuvers that, that, that aren't allowed to be filmed in a movie. <laughs> um, and that is just, you know, it's the, the, just the nature of the beast and working with the military. But it's, man, dude, I, the, the, the aerial footage in this film completely blew me away. Like, and it's, the, it's edited in a way that is like a head and shoulders above the original Top Gun. Like as mm-hmm. I said earlier, like you kind of have to use your imagination and fill in some gaps with uh with the with um the, the dogfights in the original Top Gun, you know. This movie I think alleviates a lot of that. Like the geography makes sense. You have a you it like it very clearly shows you this is where the aircraft are. This is where they're trying to go. Like you know and honestly mm-hmm. the movie spends a lot of a lot of time describing the geography with this canyon run they kind of have to do. But it's Right. The and I expected this to be the case, but absolutely the thing that Top Gun Maverick does best is doing cool shit with airplanes. <laughs> and it's uh you know, it 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 is Top Gun Maverick has compared to every other movie I've ever seen, blown away 
the experience of aerial photo of, of the experience of aerial dogfighting in a movie, you know, and they put, you know, they put the camera in the cockpit right in that actor's face. And, you know, you're, they show you things that we've never seen in a movie before. And they're pilots that are actually doing them. Not actors obviously aren't flying the planes, but the, the, right. the aircraft are doing, are actually doing these amazing things. Um, and it is presented in such a way that you can like, you feel it. There are multiple times in this movie where like the whole theater, like every, every person that theater is just like held their breath. Um, well, it's funny, it's funny that you say that. Do you remember a movie uh, about 20 years ago called U571? It was like a submarine movie. Yes. It, Matthew McConaughey's in it. Like a yeah. super young Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Yes. It, it's a movie about a submarine. And there was a scene in there where it's like filling up with water. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just submerging essentially now. Well, I caught myself holding my breath during that scene in U571. I'm like, I'm in the theater. I'm like, okay, I don't need to hold my breath, but I am because I'm so into the movie. Maverick was like that because it's such a, a thrill ride, adrenaline rush that when I left the theater after Maverick, I was all pitted out. Like, you know, cause there was just so much adrenaline going through me. And I was just like, oh, that stench is me. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're, I don't know if you could be as sweaty as Miles Teller is in this movie, but you know, well, you, you, you might have <laughs> well, given him a run for his money, right? What What, what about you, Nick? Ta ta talk to me about Top Gun Maverick. Uh, general thoughts at first, and we'll go into spoilers in a couple of minutes. So I've seen it twice now. Uh, nice. I, I saw it Tuesday in IMAX premiere, and then I saw it last night with my folks. And uh, you briefly touched on it. There is there is a gravity to the way they're performing it that just. These, especially these days where we're leaning a lot on CG and not doing as many practical effects, there is a gravity. It feels you can tell that like these people are here and they're doing the thing. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't know that there has ever been a movie that's really like captured the feeling of what doing these aerial maneuvers actually does to the body. You know, like yeah. it is there. There no. no it, there are one, you know, less than 1% of the humans that are alive could like, would, would be able to do like, just sit in the plane and do some of this stuff, like without just passing out. Like it is a, you know, and they're, you know, obviously they're, they're in the military, they're, they're all in great shape, but it's, it is a, it's a visceral feeling of, you know, per, doing things in a fighter jet that is effective in a way that I've never seen before. And right. I, I found myself, especially during the, the canyon run, is you're in your seat, right? And you're watching, you just kind of go, you just kind of go. Yeah, you like find <laughs> yourself leading with them. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I love that they, that Tom Cruise grunted each time that he was shifting because, yeah, you're going to feel that weight every time. My, yeah, my brother's saying like it, it hurts. Like the, the elephant yeah. on your chest thing that, you know, like it sounds like a joke in the movie. That's like, yeah. that's a real thing you know and the closest that civilians will ever get to it I, like it's probably a theme park ride I, like you know like it's um it is very specifically the rock and roller coaster in disneyland or disney world uh which launches the coaster via a carrier catapult hmm. uh and uh the mission space ride is pretty like if you do the 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 intense version like you hold up your arms and you're like fighting fighting the the shake like no yeah it's it's G-force, G you know, it's like, it's a thing that, like, you can't really 
describe until you've experienced it. And this isn't, this is coming from someone who hasn't really, you know, like I don't like roller coasters. I've been on Mission Space twice. Um, you know, I, there, I, I, I wouldn't make it in as a, as a fighter pilot. Uh, but you know, my, uh, my brother, he now, you know, he owns a motorcycle. So you can, you can do a little bit of this, but you know, it's the, what one what certainly one place where I think the movie absolutely succeeds with flying colors is putting you in the cockpit and helping you feel the way that the the pilots are as as best as the medium can possibly do that right. um you know and it's it's kind of you know like I was it's almost like a little surprising that they act they show a pilot g lock in this movie it was, you know mm-hmm. it's just like you and what what that means is the the g force causes you to pass out because all of the all the blood essentially runs out of your head and your chest weighs so much right. that you can't breathe and you and you go unconscious you know and the the pilot survives in the in the movie uh spoiler alert I'll uh, I'll th- throw up the spoiler in a minute but like it's that is a very real thing that happens and there once it does there's nothing that can be done unless the pilot wakes up and recovers you know, right. so they, it was, it you, was, you could you could G lock for a fraction of a second, or you could G lock for, up like you know upwards of a minute. You know, and it's it just it depends on the maneuver you were doing and the, your the, the you know your flight suit has something to do with that. You know, they're designed to 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 keep to keep blood where it matters. But it's you know it's that's a it's it's a real thing, and you know I was I was worried about payback. It was important when they did when they shot that when they did because then that was during the training yes spoiler alert so you could you as the viewer can say okay that can happen in the mission yeah you you know know, and if he the 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 well okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go to spoilers Um, yeah let's do spoilers (laughs) yeah yeah uh it it can happen in the mission and if it did you know like the 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 big the last third or the whole movie they're training to execute this precision strike on on a mm-hmm. uh, nuclear weapon factory essentially um and the the end of that mission in, involves a high g climb out of a canyon um and the moment that they clear the mountaintop they are under fire by surface to air missiles um right. so what essentially uh, if you if you pass out, you know the the plane keeps going, except you are now, you're you know you're 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 tracked by surface to air fire. So if you're unconscious for ten seconds, then you 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 don't wake up again. You know, like you're right. It's, yeah. um, and it's, show like it's it, it's shown. I I can't say anything about how if anything else about how effective, uh, some of the, some of the aerial stuff in this movie. Like it it blew me away. Um, what about, uh, how did we like the, the, the young, the, 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 the new pilots, the, um, you know, the, basically Maverick is, uh, uh, in the, in the movie, he is, uh, he's an old guy who's either has not been promoted or who's been resisting promotion so that he can stay in the pilot seat for as long as he can. Um, and he pulls a stunt at the fir- at the beginning of the movie, uh, in order to keep, the uh, mm. his in order to keep his flight support crew doing what they want to do instead of moving to UAVs, um, and then because of this, essentially, uh, he he almost gets kicked out of the Navy, which is uh, again, which is you know that's apparently a regular thing for Maverick, uh, and then he gets transferred over to Top Gun because he's suppo- uh, he's supposed to 
train these young pilots to execute this suicide mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh man, I forgot where I was going. But that's the that's the, the that's the scene for the movie. That's the kind of the setup for the plot. The introduction um, of the pilots is I like the way, yeah, yeah, I like the, the, the way the young that they pilots. Did yeah, it. I'm sorry. Um, it, it, again, because it, it was reminiscent of the first Top Gun. It was a bar scene. That's where they introduced all of the pilots. Um, and I I like that the pilots all knew each other and knew at least knew of each other. Right. Because that would be you know they've all been through Top Gun, so they that would you know that would be realistic that they would know each other and know of each other. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. I, the the bar scene, uh, the very first time I watched it was a little clunky for me. And that's just because it's where we meet everyone. It's the most exposition heavy part of the movie. It's a lot of exposition um, in a short amount of time. Right, right. A very short amount of time. And also, like, because we're trying to beat into the audience's brain, this is this person, this is this person. Everyone is using their call signs like every single time they need right. to use a proper noun it's it's and the first time i watched it was a little clunky when i watched it again it was like oh this is this is fine it's not a big deal um but i love the way that at the end of the bar scene they throw tom cruise out mm-hmm. and then you get top gun day one and it's a reversal of when he meets when when it's revealed that charlie is the instructor it's an it's a reversal yeah, uh, like the, 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 you get you get hangman in the in the front row, like oh shit! Goes, I just oh, threw this guy God, out of the sidewalk. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's that was a really good uh, a, a tiny little callback. I think that um, I, I immediately I was like, oh oh, I get it. He's Charlie. It makes sense now. Well, and then the the big again huge spoiler here, Rooster. You know, is huge reminiscent. It like heartstrings pulling of the first movie. Yeah, you know, like, you know, and he like he he looks exactly like Goose. Like the he does. Uh, Miles Teller it's plays uh, yeah. uh, Rooster Bradshaw. Calls uh, or Bradley. Who names Bradley if your if your last name's Bradshaw? Who names your kid Bradley? Anyway, um, yeah. So his, his call sign's Rooster, uh, and he's he's Goose's son, and he's tall and lanky and has a mustache just like Goose, and can play the piano just like the Goose. Song that he plays just and yeah, that that will tug at your heartstrings. I do think uh, the second time I watched it, Tom Kerr, uh, excuse me, Maverick's little tiny little PTSD spiral and the bar scene um, was really good. I could have done without the flashbacks. Right. Um, that seemed a little, it seemed like a little much, but. Because you'd seen the movie and maybe people who hadn't seen the movie. That, that's why it's that. there. You're like, you, you, the three of us understand, but you know, they're, you, these days, you're making the movie for everybody. Uh, you right. know, even a lot of people that might think uh, Top Gun, that's that old 80s thing. That's silly. But their buddies want to go see a movie. So then they tag along, you know, so they you you fill it in there because, you know, just so you know, oh, so this this guy in the picture, this guy died like and Maverick thinks it's his mm-hmm. fault. You know, even though everyone since has told him it's not his fault. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, and that that kind of like that forms uh, the emotional backbone of the movie, um, right. be, you know, because uh, Maverick apparently tried to prevent Miles Teller from getting like he, he well he he pulled his papers and didn't uh, so he had a delay getting in the Naval Academy, um, which pushed back his military career because uh, he was trying to protect him from what happened to his dad, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and that just kind of creates ultimately a lot of bad blood, um, and I think you know Tom Cruise. He's he's known for being a movie star, but like he's got 
he's he pulls out the chops in this movie in a way I did not expect. Absolutely. I, I think the single best non-flight scene in the movie is actually him and Val Kilmer when the, mm. in, in Val's brief scene because it's so hard to act opposite a mostly emotionless mute person. Absolutely. You supply, yeah. You have to supply everything yourself and he he brings everything that we need to that scene. And it's uh, when I watched it the second time, I was like, "Oh, this is the best. This is the best non-flight scene in the movie." Absolutely, um, I I agree with that completely. You know, and uh, Val Kilmer, they they got him in the movie. Uh, apparently, he was more than happy to do it. Uh, and Tom Cruise kind of, you know, kind of pushed for it to happen. Um, unfortunately, Val Kilmer has in the last couple of years, uh, he had, he had throat cancer and had to have a full tracheotomy. Um, so they they kind of play that up in the movie. Uh, to a degree, you know, like they mm -hmm. don't they don't define it, but you know, uh, Iceman's very sick, but they still, you know, he mm -hmm. still has a relationship with Maverick, you know, like they they text and it, it zooms in on on Maverick's phone and he just he's just in there as ice, and I was like, oh man, mm -hmm. <laughs> this movie is way funnier than the original. The original is is funny, but it's mostly from your character interactions where they're all just kind of being <laughs> assholes to one another. Right. This movie has comedic chops. Mm -hmm. in, in a way I did not expect at all. Um, I I agree, you know. And you you mentioned this this scene with uh, with Val Kilmer, where he primarily talks through a, a com like a, a computer screen because it's right. it's difficult for him to speak. Um, but no, yeah, it's it really brings out like a lot of subtlety and like old like a lot of it's like. They're best friends, you know, and there's a lot of respect there, and there's a lot of like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's it comes like it comes across really, really warm, and it could have been handled like kind of poorly, but you know they're really respectful of of Val Kilmer in the scene, um, and it's, you know, ultimately that it's Maverick has to hear that someone else thinks he can do it mm -hmm. you know and it's it, it sounds weird the you know you're breaking the the illusion that they're all just tough guys um because you know what happens if maverick sends rooster on this suicide mission and rooster doesn't come back from it um and then val kilmer basically just has to be like it's the same risk you took but you can teach them you know, you, you've got it in you mm -hmm. to make it so they come home. Right. Uh, and, you know, and Tom uh, Maverick didn't really believe that was the case until after this scene. So it's like it's a big turning point for Maverick in this movie. Um, and then, un unfortunately, we, we, we lose Iceman uh, to to his sickness in a, in a scene shortly after that. Um, but it, you know, it really allows Maverick to, you know, it's let it. Let go of what happened to Goose, and you know, really prove to these, prove to himself, and prove to the, prove to the pilots that this thing that we're trying to do is possible. And if we, you know, so it's it it, it leans into that '80s schmaltziness, but like in a really satisfying way. But I think. There's, I mean, there's like if you think about Maverick for you know his entire career, he hasn't really had anybody that has believed in him. Um, you know, he lost Goose because Goose, you know, trusted him with his life. He lost Goose. 
And everybody respected him, but nobody really believed in him. And especially in Maverick, Iceman, you know, you kind of get that backstory of Iceman always believing in him, always not letting him, you know, get out or stop piloting. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, and as soon as Iceman is gone, um, John Hamm, his character, you know, he tries is, to pull I, the plug. Autom- yeah. Automatically, it's like, you're done. You know, so the I, I, ice was here, like pr- protecting you and keeping right. keeping you in in the service, and then right once once he no longer has Iceman to fall back on, yep. these these other guys who are uh, John Hamm and uh, he plays Cyclone and War uh, this other guy Warlock who are uh, both admirals. Would and yes. Doug is it? Yeah, is that fair to think that it would be two admirals in charge of like top uh, of a top gun school like because that, that seems like it would be below yeah. them to me but i don't you know maybe i don't know um yeah i mean all the all of the pilots were all lieutenants which yeah. is my brother was a lieutenant. three yeah so that's oh three level admirals is like oh seven level i think um the officer seven level um so he being a captain i think he was oh six um yeah, I mean, you're gonna have it's either gonna be a, ca- a captain or an admiral. Um, okay. John Hamm was a three star admiral, so it's not likely to have him. A yeah, I, just, I think like because there there are so few of them by that point that they would right. have something better to like you know like they they say Iceman is an, is uh, a two star admiral and he's in charge of the Pacific Fleet, right. You know, right. that's that's, you know, dozens of ships that that Iceman kind of manages. I actually right. looked this up. I looked this up. Yeah, please. In the middle of this week. The United States Navy has about one admiral per every two ships. OK, just to the amount of the amount of naval the naval uh, uh, boats we have um, mm-hmm. and the amount of uh, admirals that are active in the uh, United States Navy. It's about two to one. So in theory, we have so many admirals. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense then. You know, I, I was just curious. It, um, and I'm not uh, super familiar with, with rankings and things. I just seem like it's uh, an admiral is vaguely equivalent to like a general in the army. And again, I just feel yeah. like that they would have bigger fish to fry, so to speak. But maybe that's not the case. Many of them do, but maybe all, you know, many, most of those posts had already been filled. Right. I, with, and these guys are know. also both pilots you know and that right. would not be true of every admiral in the navy so that's probably relevant here and maybe that's part of it too is that you know though like john ham's character cyclone maybe he you know was a top gun pilot and so he sh- he is where maverick should be you know what i mean so right. yeah he kind of re- you know he kind of resents maverick for not getting to that point and for constantly being a troublemaker and you know that's why he's still a captain I mean, okay, that's 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 making sense. Um, did we did we like John Hamm in this movie? Because I, you know, I'm always down for more John Hamm, and he's definitely yeah. the like kind of the stuffy old military guy, like the like the principal from Back to the Future in the first movie. But mm-hmm. I, you know, like I I can't not enjoy John Hamm really. I liked John Hamm. I think it was a bit of a missed opportunity to not have Cyclone and Warlock also sorty at some point. Um, Because, like, when in the original, when they're up in the air, holy shit, it's Viper! Holy shit, it's Viper! It's a big deal, and so I I do think it's a missed opportunity to not have them in the air at least once. Um, But otherwise, yeah, I give you that. Yeah, I I do think he he played a great hard ass. 
Um, and War, I, I, I also like the actor who plays Warlock a lot. So, like, I, I was just happy anytime they were both on screen. Who is that actor that played Warlock? I did, I did like that we got uh, Ed Harris. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's mm-hmm. Bill Purnell. That sounds familiar. I'm looking. Uh, Lewis Pullman is uh, Bill Pullman's son, the dude who played uh, that, I mean, that Bob. Was Bob. That was yeah. Bob. I, I, right. As soon as as soon as the the credits popped up and it was like Lewis Pullman, and I was like, oh, that's Bill Pullman's kid. Right. Uh, yeah, Charles um, Parnell plays Warlock. Charles Parnell, not Bill Parnell. Uh, yeah. Um, I I I've enjoyed him and. In, in, several things that he's done so i i do think it's a bit of a missed opportunity to not have them jump in and maybe do some kind of uh aggressor squadron thing with maverick against the top gun kids right that would have been mm-hmm. cool but um ultimately that wasn't what the mission was about so i get why it wasn't included the really the goal of the mission was to avoid encountering enemy aircraft so you know other well that se- secondary goal other than you know, eliminating this facility while also avoiding enemy mm-hmm. fire and getting bugging out before before you encounter enemy jets. Um, uh, yeah, well, I mentioned Ed, Ed Harris. Anytime Ed Harris is in anything, I appreciate it. And he's another <laughs> uh, another admiral. Uh, Hammer is his call sign. Uh, and then I really liked uh, Maverick's buddy Hondo, um, the the, the mm-hmm. dude who was. Uh, the, the he's in the, in the beginning when he's testing the um the the hypersonic uh stealth aircraft yeah. and then he follows yeah. him over to top gun and then is on the ship when he when they go on the suicide mission um yeah. i really i really like that guy um any other uh uh hi- highlights in the cast do you think uh the guy who plays hangman is incredible he he he, he understood good. he understood the assignment he was like oh i'm gonna be he's the, the new Iceman. uh glenn I'm powell gonna be the exactly. antagonist and he understood the look he understood exactly the attitude he needed to have he was mm-hmm. perfect absolutely um looking back through the cast list um i like phoenix I like I like payback. You know, I mean, they're they they really got a a strong yeah um you're, strong you're crop dwarfed. of uh, people to play the young pilots and who like who you believe that they would you know like the, the Tom Cruise makes this whole bit about making them a team like and you believe that they would be like competitive but also like chummy you know they they have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for each other and they they playfully rib but you know like they're going into. Uh, they're going into a life or death situation and like you I think like maybe probably more than the original movie like you feel like they they're ready to do that with each other and to you know they're 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 gonna look out for each other and right. you know we, we we all know what we're what we're up against and we're all gonna get each other through it in a way that and you know I, and it's i don't even know that that was the case in the old movie until right at the end it's like all right we did it mm-hmm. now we're best friends right yeah, in, yeah. The, in the original they are they are very cutthroat until until they cannot be right right well that's i mean that's something too that you that civilians don't understand is that your putting your life in someone else's hands on a daily basis. You are, you are absolutely trusting someone else with your life. And they captured that with the, the crew, essentially, you know, the, the pilots um, saying, yeah, we're, 
you know, it's entirely possible that I don't come back, but I'm going to make sure that you do kind of thing, you know? So it's, you got to stay with your wingman. Yeah. You really, you really don't get that level of trust. Uh, and, and there else. was, there's a really great moment where they're in the classroom after uh, Maverick has just wiped the floor with the, with, with the young <laughs> folks repeatedly. They're like, they're, they're sitting in the classroom, like going over uh, mission, mission reports. It's like, so if basically what happens here is you crashed, like you don't, d don't explain what happened to me. Can you explain it to his wife? Like, exactly. Yeah. Like you're, you're, he's, he, he's in, he's in your back seat and you are responsible for, for landing the plane at the end of the mission. Um, or, and, or you are responsible for staying with your wingman. And if anything happens to your wingman, it's just as much on you as it is on him. Like, right. You know, then there's a, Go ahead. That seems really good because it establishes it does establish Maverick's going to be a troublemaker, but it establishes that he does absolutely care about the mission and care about getting his people home. He, he, really, he takes it seriously, I mean, like, and their yeah. you know their their lives are at stake, and maybe uh, you know, some of these other pilots have you know they're the best of the best, but maybe they haven't really been in that kind of situation before. You know, very few of them have even been head to head against enemy aircraft and it's they mm -hmm. they mentioned that only hammer is the he's the only one in active duty that has ever shot down an enemy plane right so they're it's it's first of all none of them have encountered the the, the physical requirements of this mission and very few of them have ever even encountered enemy aircraft um right in a in at least in any in any threatening way so it's you know there it takes a bit for them to get it through their heads that it's that it's real and you know maybe that's dramatized for the movie you know like they're 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 not these aren't recruits you know they're they're already the best pilots in the navy you know so they're they've been through all these classes before and in fact like the first thing maverick does when he walks in and says here's the manual for your airplane and he throws it in the trash you know like they mm -hmm. all they all know the book back to front you know they're not they're they're not the new guys um you know and they're they're so they're they're career military people who know what the risks are but like you know, it's, it's hard to tell if any of them really understand that to a visceral level. Like at you know at the at the degree that it's that they really understand. You know, maybe I'm not articulating, but you know, you, they can they know, but do they really know? Well, they know that it's entirely possible that they don't come back. Right. And you know, John Hamm, you know, Cyclone. He's you know his initial attitude is they're not coming back. And Maverick is the one that changed that, that changed his We, we complete the mission and we bring them home. The mission isn't right. complete if, if exactly. not all the pilots make it back to the deck. Exactly. And so they, so, I mean, that was, that was a big part of the training is why did you die? You know, so they need to understand that, you know, and. And that's realize, one of my, probably yeah. one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the thing where he's like, do you, you don't have to explain this to me. Can you explain it to his family? Why, why, why your Rio isn't, it isn't going to go home and see his wife. Like, Oh, Hey buddy. My, my dog came to say mm -hmm. hi. Um, <laughs> but yeah, cause I mean, you really don't have that. Like you had that with Meg Ryan and, you know, goose in the first movie. You really don't have that in this movie um, to a extremely lesser extent. Um, Jennifer Conley in this right now Maverick has a reason to come back, but I mean, do you really don't have that in this movie? Um, as far as having a reason to come back, aside from you know being alive. 
Well, yeah, like right. his Maverick's reasons to to come home are Jennifer Connelly and Rooster. You know, by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. he's repaired his relationship with Rooster, largely because right. of this harrowing, life-threatening situation that they go through. But, um, you know, like he didn't have a relationship with Rooster until all of this happened. You know, like, so it's, he's, right. you know, Maverick's certainly not a wash-up, but he's a, he's, you know, kind of an icon of a bygone era, and he doesn't really have much to live for other than keeping. You know, he right. he, he wants to stay in the seat. He wants to keep his technicians employed. You know, and that's a and that was kind of his. What, what surprised me, like his his whole mission at the beginning of the movie. Um, you know, he does it. He says it with a with a cocky maverick kind of swagger. But you know, like we're we're gonna hit Mach ten so that so that all of us get to stay here. Right, you know, so they uh they kind of they jump the gun and fucking Ed Harris comes in. And it's just like I'm early, so are you? Can you explain <laughs> that? Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, so but he does it from a kind of selfless place, uh, which was the kind of surprising for me, especially for being the opening scene. You know, like we get the montage right. of all the jets on the deck, and then the first thing we go to is Maverick has this big mission today, uh, where he's supposed to to prove that this test aircraft can do uh, Mach 9, and it's like, well, actually, they don't care if we can't hit Mach 10, uh, and it's impossible, so we're not going to do it. And Maverick says, no, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, right. you know, so he's kind of, you know, somewhere between that that cocky guy he was in the 80s, um, and then the man he is at the end of the movie, obviously, but it's he doesn't do it for himself, you know, like he, no, he was, he was fully prepared to sacrifice himself to make sure the rooster came back alive. Absolutely. And, and in that, fact, he, yeah. he kind of does. So he, he, he Absolutely. gets in the way, uh, you know, there's a, there's a moment where they're pursued by enemy aircraft in the, in, at the end of the movie. Um, and Mav, uh, rooster is out of, uh, flares, which is a, a countermeasure that you spray mm-hmm. behind your plane. Cause it confuses, uh, heat seeking weapons. Um, uh, so Ro- Rooster has a, a missile on his tail, and then Maverick gets in the way, dumps his own flares, and basically gets hit by the missile. Um, so that yeah, like Ro- Ma- Maverick was was prepared and like almost deliberately took what you know mm-hmm. took hostile fire to protect Rooster. Absolutely. I I with I thought they were going to kill Maverick. That was I thought. I was be... afraid of that before I walked in. I'm like, are, are we gonna are we gonna see Maverick die here? Um, I, I thought maybe that was gonna be the way to go because it would it would mirror obviously the the goose <laughs> Star Wars where like he got yeah it's inverted um, and yeah uh, but he he obviously that's that's I figured that was gonna be like the character growth since we've seen Maverick grow he now he's not just you know, hot shot, hot dog, and showboat. He laid, he put himself on the line to save someone else. Um, and I, I thought, I looked, there was an audible gasp when he gets hit in my theater. It was, it was like, <gasps> and like, I, I was like, there's no way that they just killed Maverick. But like, that, it, it, that was one of the moments where it was like, you know, people people held their breath for a second. You know, and it's it was almost silent in there. Like you know, there, there's a moment uh, in the movie. Uh, da- Dagger one is down. You know, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, John Hamm says, "No, you you can't go back for them. They got to come. They got to come home." Um, right. And you know, linger, and then like it, they it, linger on everyone not going to get him for such a for, long time. Yes. That you're like, holy crap! They just mm-hmm. killed Maverick. Yeah. And then, and, and they did it like really fast. Like, you know, it's, that's, I mean, and that's how, 
that's how fast things can change in a, in a real firefight. But it's, you know, like ev everything seems okay. And then they fly past another Sam site. And then seconds later, Maverick's plane is in the ground. Like it's, mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, it, it unfolds that, that quick. Um, and then they, <laughs> they spend minutes like just telling all their pilots, no, you like, he's down. We can't go back for him or we're going to lose another plane. So, right. and then, you know, and then there was a, you said you said you heard an audible gasp like we I heard like or maybe it was just me. Maybe I could just feel it. But it was like they it fades it like it blacks out for a few seconds and then it fades into Maverick. And then there was like like a relaxing breath that like yeah, and it might have it might have just been me. But like it was I didn't expect to be so taken by it. You know, if something happened to Maverick, I was, you know, like I. I, I I watch movies like kind of for a living almost. So it's like it's uh, oh okay. So they're doing this. This is usually my reaction if something unexpected happens. But no, like this, uh, it's done so effectively, like almost to my surprise, that it was just like, <sighs> right, okay, we're okay. What happens in, next? Yeah, you don't see him eject on purpose. Yeah, they they um, they take a big chunk out of his airplane and it spins around out of view. Right, but you don't you don't see a parachute. Right. You see everyone else's reaction to it. Right. You know, but you don't actually see it. And, you know, which is purposeful, you know, absolutely. So they, they, they give you that, you know, that, oh, no, what's going to happen. But even that, I mean, that's one of the my main knocks against Maverick is its predictability. Uh, you're talking about you the first you're talking about the first uh, scene with him and, you know, going to Mach 10 and you're like, he's not going to go to. He's going to go beyond Mach 10. Do, do, you know we're, we're, we're aiming for Mach 10, not 10.2. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So as soon as he's told something not to do something, guess what? It's it's Pete Maverick Mitchell. That's what he's going to do. Um, so, yeah, the, the, it's, it was incredibly predictable. But that's, I mean, it was kind of satisfying in a way that, okay, I thought that, this yeah, was going to happen. Why, and that's why did. I'm okay with it being predictable. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's satisfying that, okay, I, I know Hangman's going to be coming to rescue him at some point, and there he comes. You know, right? So it's like you know it's coming. Well, and and uh, Maverick getting shot down leads to Rooster, right. of course, right behind yeah. down. Rooster and coming back, to, the, and she blows up the gunship. Yeah, mm -hmm. blows up the gunship, and that leads to my literal favorite line in the movie: "Is Tom Cruise is the dead sprint." Are you okay? Yeah, I'm yep. good. He pushes him down. Yeah. They have, they have that little fight in the woods, and he's just like, What were you thinking? He's like, You told me not to think. And it's just, I, I, and then they both go, Yep, okay. Yes, you're right. It's real, it's real, like, shithead nephew energy, and it was, mm -hmm. like, perfect. I, I I agree wholeheartedly. Like I just yeah. um that that got a laugh out of me when he just like pushes his ass down in the snow. Yeah. This is like what the what the hell were you thinking? Like I did this so yeah. that you got you went home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it it just I I didn't expect after Maverick had shot down I had no idea what to expect and then it just kind of kept going exactly where where I wanted it to be. Right. Like, oh, of course he's going to steal an F14. Of course, <laughs> of course like, he is. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it, it 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 it's it already works. You know, like it's it. They're they. I guess it was the fuel pump they were probably firing up because you it can't sit on the tarmac with fuel in it, right? Right. Yeah. They were so yeah, essentially. Rooster was firing up the the jet to get it 
to work. Yeah, he was. They were fueling it. He pulled the pins on the ordnance. Right. Um. All the all the things that the the skittles do, which we'll talk about in a minute, to get the plane ready to you know go right and and be combat ready. Um. And I I was thinking, how is he going to get into the plane himself when he's doing all that stuff on the ground? He's jumped on the wing and stopped. Yeah. Okay, he's like whatever. there was like a ladder or a box or something. He just jumped on a box right. and hopped the wing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so you're 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 t- telling me about the Skittles. Tell, okay, tell so, me about your your time on deck, Doug. Yeah, one of the things that a lot of civilians don't understand when they see when they see an aircraft carrier movie is they see all these people with different colored shirts, and they don't understand that all those different shirts have different jobs. That makes um, sense. The the purple ones are the fuel. The red ones are ordnance, and they have. Let me let me put it this way. They have extra jobs beyond their main job. You know, it's not just one thing and they're done. Right. You know, or the the ordinance, the AOs, aviation ordinance and ordinance men wear red jerseys and they have they also do like damage control, you know, fire control, that kind of thing. Um, but aviation, the ordinance is their main thing. Anyway, um, green are like the plane maintenance, uh, yellow are the the steam catapult operators. Well, to us, like the rest of the people, they just look like Skittles. You know, they're just all wearing <laughs> these different colored red, you know, red, yellow, green jerseys. We just call them Skittles. That's but like uh, the the blue were like the elevator operators. The brown were the were the plane captains. Okay. Um, so they they the brown were in charge of the plane, like all everything with the plane. But the green were kind of the maintenance. Um, and uh, there's one scene in in the the movie that a lot of people won't appreciate as much as i did is when they launched all four fighters bam 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 like that you don't understand what what it takes to launch one fighter mm-hmm. you know all the, i, all I the had that thought and I'm, all right is it is it reasonable for them to launch four jets in like under 60 seconds because I, 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 I didn't ask my brother like it's they can do it. It takes a lot of steam pressure because each one of those catapults are steam operated. It's, it's pneumatic, so it has to it has to refill once it's relieved, right? Right. So they can't just launch another one from that same catapult right away. But they had they had would have to you know charge up all four catapults with all of the steam that they needed all at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And one thing you got to understand is that there's a lot of people that are involved with launching one plane. Right. Well, when, uh, when Catapult One goes off, the people that were you know involved with that got to be out of the way when Catapult yep. Two goes off. You know what I'm saying? Like they they can't be in the way, so they you know all the catapults have to be clear for them to launch. And so all the and you know there's dozens of people for each catapult and to launch them. Bam, bam, bam. bam. That's an amazing amount of coordination. And I mean, it can happen. And kudos to the the air, you know, the the air wings that can do that. But it's it's an amazing amount of coordination, and you know, just everything that goes into launching one. You launch four of them within ten seconds or whatever they did. That's that's I appreciated that. You know, being being on the on the boat. I wish I, maybe we could see more of that kind of thing in the in movies like this. You know, like the. The, it's it's always cool to see the pilots, you know, the they're they're mm-hmm. they do they do do cool shit with their airplanes, and we get to see the planes doing stuff. Um, right. But you know, there are 
the 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 pilot is just the, he's the guy with his name on the side, but he's not the one that gets that plane ready for take. You know, like well, they have a checklist. Right. You know what I mean? But there there are right. d- dozens of people that are in charge of the aircraft before the pilot climbs the ladder, um, and Absolutely. we don't usually get that in this kind of movie. He's, right. he's the, the the pilot's your lead singer, and then uh, you, every every band needs a bassist, and uh, the bassist is is often underappreciated. And yeah, I think those guys are the bassist. And the roadies. I mean, those are the roadies that that make you know the band happen. Exactly. All the all the skittles are the ones that make those planes. You know, and you. I mean, you think about what they showed. They showed Rooster doing all of those things himself. Well, you know, on the carrier, there's there's 10 different people that, you know, you pull this pin, you pull this pin, you know, on this side of the plane. And, you know, you got to there's places that you can and can't be when jets are running, you know, because <laughs> that was that was one of the things that we had happen, actually, is uh, we had a jet turn and its exhaust blew someone right off the right off the deck. And, you know, That's so, yeah, terrifying. Overboard, and it's man a- overboard. It's yeah, a long right? way down off an aircraft yeah. carrier. It really is. It's, it's like a long feet. way to the water. It's like 90 wow. feet. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a long way. But one thing um, that most people don't know is that the helicopters are always the first and the last on the deck and off the deck. Um, so they they go out first. And so if there is a man overboard, the rescue choppers are right there, like right away. Um, and so they're all they're either circling or they're hovering. Uh, you know, depending on whatever they're doing that day. But yeah, that's the rescue choppers are always out there first and wow. they're always the last ones in uh, just for, you know, yeah. mishaps, anything like that's, that. That's it, just safety precautions and stuff, you know, and that that's some of that procedural stuff. Like when you're, you're in a movie that's number one, already two hours long, but like, it's about these, mm-hmm. the fighter pilot characters, you know, like, and some of these other, this other stuff is important, but it does it, as interesting as it is, might not make for, make for an interesting movie, um, right? You know, compared to the other stuff that's going on. But like, I wish that I do wish that we would, in some of these military movies, spend a little bit more time with the with the folks that that do the work, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that stuck out to you, Doug? That like didn't seem quite right as far as like ex- military execution or procedural or any of that kind of stuff? Not really. Um... Of course, like the stuff I, that, as far as you know, just didn't seem possible about the way jets operate or whatever. So Maverick stealing a plane seemed normal. <laughs> uh, no, that, well, the, the you, you talk to the controller, he's like, well, I don't have an event schedule. And, I mean, yeah, the, him, him stealing that F-18, they're going to, you know, there's going to be a group of people that, that take care of that aircraft. They're going to be like, yeah, we don't have you scheduled today. So they might stop in, but <laughs> right. they also know that it's, it's Pete Maverick or, you know, Pete Mitchell. So he's a captain. So he can just be like, I'm taking this plane out, you know, well, we got to clear that with the Admiral, you know, that kind of thing. So that, that probably would have, would have happened. So that's probably, you know, a movie moment, but uh, I'm thinking about the carrier and, you know, most of that stuff. No, nah, I mean, just like the admirals would be in the situation, like the situation room kind of right. thing, you know, they, they'd be in the, the radar room. And so they would all know what's going on. And like the, yeah, having the, the EWAC up, having, you know, the radar saying what's going on. Yeah. Those, because those always launched early too, because they would always put the EWACs in the air so that you could, you could have the radar. And, and that is that, that launches off, on. off the carrier or would that would come from an airfield yeah. on land? Okay. Oh yeah. They, oh yeah. They launch off the carrier. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I was I, I asked because, you know, the, the original Top Gun is kind of infamous for a number of things that maybe don't really work the way they work in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, particularly like in reference to Goose's death, like there are a number of physical phenomenon that mm-hmm. like in a, a very rapid string that each one, any one of which is a physical impossibility um, that right. that lead to lead, lead to Goose's uh, e- ejection accident. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and there are also like. You could you could point out. If okay, if any one of these things actually happened, like okay, your your jet's in a flat spin, there are steps that you take. Like first of all, situational awareness, which they didn't seem to have, um, and there are specific steps that you take procedurally to uh, to survive. You know, at that point in an mm-hmm. uh, in an F fourteen in a flat spin, there's very little you can do anyway. It ha- uh, it's because of the uh, it has, I think. Uh, I just read this yesterday. It has spoilers, but it doesn't have ailerons or whatever. So, like, Maverick grabbing mm-hmm. the stick, there's nothing that control stick can do to get you out of a, a flat spin. <laughs> um, like my brother said, maybe you could just power out of it. That relies on you still having the engines. Right. Um, and if you have the engines, the likelihood of you getting into that kind of spin, man- like, sp- malfunction is, like, almost nil right. anyway. So, you know, it's right. like the, you know, little right. things like, like that. Uh, but, you know, there's also... You know, just military procedure and stuff is also is often ignored in movies. So I was just curious if there's anything mm-hmm. that seemed um, even as like as a as a deck officer um, like you, Doug, like if there's anything that seemed weird or kind of out of place. Not with the carrier, but I mean, even when when Maverick did steal the, the F-18, John Hamm right away was like, I've got everything I need on you to court martial. Yeah, and, that's you true. Know, yeah, he's, he's you're, dead right. Um, you know, yeah. if 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 it wasn't for uh, if it wasn't for our old buddy Iceman, like you right. you'd be in jail right now. So it's right. Um, any uh, we've been we've been going for about an hour. Any any closing thoughts? Things we haven't talked about. Oh, um, I know. Did we talk about Jennifer Connelly? I know, Doug. You were saying that she didn't. Her whole thing didn't didn't really work for you as much. Uh, no, I I I I honestly thought that Jennifer Connelly was better in the movie than Kelly McGillis was in the first one. Okay. I Cause I think uh, Jennifer Connelly, her character understood Maverick better and was able to push the right buttons and push him into, you know, when he was, when he was self-doubting, she was, she was able to push him into doing the things that he needed to do. So she understood him. Right. Um, did it need to be a love interest? Not necessarily, but I mean, you know, it's a movie. Oh, well, um, but I just I, I thought that she really like understood him and was able to push him and and care. She was more vital to the storyline than Kelly McGillis was in the first one. OK. And she's for being 51 years old. She's also amazingly smoking hot. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> True facts. Um, yeah, I would say like. I liked her in the movie and I agree with a lot of the points you make. I saw like I didn't get them together. Um, that that didn't really like work for me. Like she could have been in the movie and fulfilled a lot of the same roles, even if she was like mm-hmm. uh, just a good, just an old friend, or maybe an old, True. maybe she was an old flame. But right. you know, they don't. Maybe they don't rekindle the romance, or just like, or maybe he tries it. Like Maverick does. Like no, we're she, she's like she brushes it off or something. Um, but like I don't, I'm not a writer, but like they're, I I love both of them in the movie, but I don't necessarily think that the the romance subplot really worked a whole lot um, I, I think the only reason the romance subplot was there was to give 
Maverick a reason to come home. He was fully prepared to sacrifice himself for to make sure Rooster came home. Right. And she's there to make sure, okay, now I have a reason to come home because, you know, I, I will have someone that will miss me because he really doesn't have that. Um, what, what about you, Nick? Any, any closing thoughts, anything you, you didn't like, or you liked or liked about, uh, didn't like about the movie we I, haven't uh, talked about? There was, there was one, one, uh, one real nitpicky thing was, uh, so they launched Dagger Group, right? Right. And they're all zoomed into the mission. And then this support ship that we've never heard of until just now launches like 50 Tomahawk cruise missiles <laughs> and they take out, they take out this airstrip. And I just think. Maybe we could have spared ten of those for the Sam site. <laughs> that's a that's a yeah. fair point. <laughs> well, maybe we that, could have spared ten of those have, for the. Would that have messed with the terrain though that they were flying around? Because if they hit those, if those hit the terrain, you know now yeah, then now you're, they're you're, strapping all their stuff in the air. They they spend the entire movie hit. flying through the simulation of the of the canyon, and that's a right. fair point. You know, like if. If you drop a couple of missiles and you move an entire mountain in your way, that becomes a problem. Sure, that's that's. But also, like, you, it becomes a much much smaller problem to stick to that terrain because now right. we can go higher because we don't have to worry about all these sand sites. Right. It's that's the one the one like nitpicky thing is that it, they introduced that out of nowhere and it solves it. They did like they they did spend a solid hour of this movie talking about the plan, you know, and various versions of the plan, mm -hmm. uh, and literally not until they're already on the ship about to launch the planes do they mention that these tomahawk missiles are part of the plan. So that's that's right, a fair point. Right. Right. Uh, well, uh, the other, the other, the other thing I do want to mention is I don't think the soundtrack for this movie holds up. Um, Tony Scott's vision for the original Top Gun was a rock and roll show in the sky, uh, and I don't think that uh, this matches up to that quite a bit. There's just not enough rock and roll. I don't disagree. Um, I I will say you know there are, there are not enough '80s power ballads for sure. Um, there are, that Gaga song is dope though. It's dope. It comes into the movie too late. Uh, there are very specifically, very specifically, when uh, Maverick has his wings taken away, he goes to see Jennifer Connelly, and very notably, there is no music, there's no score, there's mm. nothing in that scene. And there would have been something. Harold Faltermeyer would have had something <laughs> in the right. in the score for the original. You would have had your somber theme. At right. that moment, because that's Maverick's low point. He doesn't right. have wings anymore. That is the low point of the movie. Right. Um, and I think I think I expected a little bit better out of Hans Zimmer. Um, there's also not a lot of score in the uh, attack run itself. That's but true. But the choice to let your engine roar. Yeah, they, the they focus on, on the, the jets and the wind noise quite a bit during that sequence. Mm -hmm. It's that that choice is a valid one, so I I, I won't push it too hard. But I it just didn't have enough rock and roll, man. <laughs> I dig it. Um, so I I think it's obvious we all we all liked the movie, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, button the show up by saying this: Top Gun Maverick is a better movie than Top Gun. There are Top Gun was groundbreaking at the time; it absolutely was, uh, and a lot of the things in that movie were not topped, particularly as far as aerial photography, mm -hmm. until today. Like, um, 
they're having real jets do real things uh, in a way that we have never seen before on the big screen. Like this is, you know, I probably say this a lot, but this is absolutely one where you need to go to the biggest, loudest screen you can find. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, like, and you can you can feel this movie in a way that you often yeah. don't feel a lot of things. You know, the I, I did a recent episode about the Northman, that Viking movie came out uh, a couple of months ago. Like, and I said something similar. Like, you can feel the fire on the screen. Like mm. this one, like you can feel the the G force. You can feel the 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 rumble of the engines. Like, and and it's not just because it's loud. Like it's um. It's edited and presented in a way that is like really visceral, visceral, and also like really believable. Because um, it's authentic. Yes, you're, it is. <laughs> it not, is authentic. There's a, l fewer than a dozen CGI shots of jets in this movie. Um, mm -hmm. the The majority of it is all real jets performing real maneuvers. Um, air, you know, plane to plane aerial photography. Um, I don't know about like the the missile the the surface to air missiles i expect that was mostly cgi um mm. they probably had like they can they probably constructed a sam site uh for the movie so they had like a, a version of it on the ground that they could film from various angles but i'm gonna guess that the those missiles are were fake um right and in in no, the original Top Gun, the they were allowed to, or they could afford to fire one missile. They were there's in the I don't know if you guys know in the original Top Gun, there's one authentic uh, authentic missile launch, and it was it was a missile that would it was a dud, right? It didn't have, didn't have any uh, explosives in it. Right. But they basically put five cameras on the outside of a jet, and it's the same miss it's the same missile launching every single time through the whole movie uh, from different I, I angles. I know what team you're talking about now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think they did a little bit more with that kind of thing with in Top Gun Maverick, but no, it's like this is a, it's a stunning movie. Like it, it hits all the emotional beats. They're all the ones you expect it to hit. Uh, you know, especially with the like, like Doug was saying, uh, especially with the dynamic uh, with Goose's son. Um, you know, it kind of they, they, it's really antagonistic until they have to work together, and then once they, once they figure out to work together, uh, it's, mm. it's really great. Um, so like I wouldn't say it's surprising, but I would say it's very well executed, which makes it all okay. Um, and man, like I, ugh, I love this movie. Like this, this is probably the best movie I've seen all year, or I had, <laughs> at least it is the most, the best time I have had in a movie theater all year. Um, <clears throat> and that it, you know, the, I just mentioned yeah. the Northman. That's probably my second favorite of uh, twenty twenty two. But like, damn, man, like I, I want to go see Top Gun Maverick again tomorrow. And I wish I didn't have to work all day. Like I'm <laughs> I am so hyped to see this movie again. It's, it's so good. Um, I do. I want to thank both of you uh, for coming on the show. Um, any uh, any any closing thoughts? Did I already ask you that? Go ahead. Doug. Uh, you gonna say something. Do you want to hear a sea story? I would love to hear a sea story. All right. The 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 best one i think is the the 95 workups is what we, we call them workups so essentially we get to go um out to sea for two weeks before we go on a six-month deployment okay we, we practice drills we you know test things out make sure everything's working right we get people qualified that kind of thing well in 90 february of 95 we were doing workups and we were in a really very thick fog bank and we come out of the fog bank 
right in the middle of the America's Cup race. Okay. So I don't want you to believe me. I want you to look it up for yourself. Look up 95 uh, America's Cup Abraham Lincoln and see the pictures for yourself. We were 200 yards from pretty well destroying everything there. The <laughs> internationally televised America's Cup race. Yeah, it, we were we were right there. Um, people the Cup race goes to biggest it. U.S. Navy February fifth, nineteen ninety five. Yes. Can I? And, uh, can I show this? Go ahead. Keep talking, Doug. Okay. So you know, yeah, that was that was a big deal. <laughs> um, people got fired over that, and of course, being the smart asses that we were, we made up T-shirts that said <laughs> "America's Cup '95, USS Abraham Lincoln, third in the race, first in its class." You know, so yeah, we had we had fun with it, but it was it was it was it, of course when we got onto on in port, we grabbed the USA Today and we're looking at the the pictures of it and like, yep, that's us. <laughs> and if you have a picture of it, Brandon, because we literally an aircraft carrier will, I mean, we literally almost obliterated everything there, the fans, wow. the the boats, everything. Ah, uh, your your mic is off. You're, you're muted there, Brandon. Brandon, you're muted. Because I, I, I'm muted to push the mic out of the way. I'm, I'm, I'm not okay. set up to show it on the show, but I will drop a link in the show notes. Okay. Um, yeah, I see one from the Washington Post. I see a thing on <laughs> Pinterest. US Abraham, yep. USS Abraham Lincoln crashing the America's Cup race in 1995. Yeah. Excellent. Um, yeah, That's so awesome. I will. I'll drop something in the description. Uh, oh, I man, I would really like to show this picture, though. I would, we'll I would have loved I would have loved one of those shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we were we were a bunch of smart asses, so you know we, we had to do something for it. It was hilarious. Um and on that note, I uh thank both of you guys for coming on the show. I just heard on the uh, on the comms that Viper's in the air, so I'm gonna have to leave my wingman <laughs> hanging and uh because I want Viper. So I will uh I'll see you guys later. All right, All right thank you, Randy. Signing out.